Welcome back to the Betting Pros College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bogman, which you guys know hearing my voice first means that Joe Pizapia is not with us on the show today. We will miss him. But to replace really myself, because I'm just switching duties over to the host role here, is one of my best friends in the industry, uh, Nicholas Ian Allen, CFB Winning Edge owner and proprietor. Follow him on Twitter at CFB Winning Edge. Uh, I work with him. I've worked with him for three or four years at this point now. Uh, we have our own podcast, the CFB Winning Edge podcast, and he has a Patreon, patreon.com slash CFB Winning Edge. Please check that out if you would. It is the has the best depth charts. It's so hard to find depth charts for college football here. But Nick does the work, and welcome to Betting Pros. Nick, how you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the way we structure it is I'm going to throw the nationally televised games at you, and you're going to tell me if you uh, have them as a like or lean and who do you like in them. But before we go into the games, we always reflect back at the week that was, week nine, and uh, these are the things that I put at, that we learned, really. Uh, Georgia remains in a class of their own. Uh, the CFP ratings are arguable for sure. A lot of controversy around them, but they feel right to me. I don't know if they feel right to you. Uh, Michigan State is legit. They beat Michigan, uh, and Michigan changed stuff up. They really went after Michigan State, but Michigan State still got them late. FSU Clemson was an epic bad beat. I don't care what anyone says. I was super mad about getting that one wrong on my uh, article here. And Penn State was 100% overlooking Illinois because they played Ohio State fairly hard. So uh, what did you uh, come away with from week nine, Nick? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, most everything you said. I mean, the, the uh, college football playoff ratings rankings would, you know, argue every, everyone would argue regardless of what happened there'd be something imperfect uh with them and there's plenty of right. time for them to to figure themselves out the only thing that i might push back a little bit on i'm not 100 percent sure michigan state is legit in in my power ratings they're still 25th in the country i know they're undefeated huge win they have made an incredible uh turnaround i've been in you know, super impressed with Mel Tucker, the way he's remade that roster. Kenneth Walker does look like a, a Heisman uh, front runner. Yeah, he does. But there's just a lot of things kind of around the edges that I'm not ready to buy in on Michigan State as a legitimate, you know, Big Ten title contender, playoff contender. Uh, the schedule gets much tougher uh, from here on out, you know, starting with Michigan. And, and they were able to survive that, but they've got Tough games against Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue's capable of knocking off anybody. Maryland's better than they've been in, in the past. So I think Michigan State, it's highly likely they lose at least twice from here on out. Um, and they have, they're have a great story, a uh, huge bounce back from a really you know disappointing start to Tucker's tenure there last year. I'm really excited about the future. But even though they looked really good on, on Saturday and it was a huge win, uh, I still have a lot of reservations about Michigan State as kind of being uh you know the team that the, the committee put them there that where the pollsters have them all, all of that I'm not quite sure they're that good just yet uh, that's fair I just think that this was their first big test and they passed it I didn't expect them to beat Michigan I so didn't either. I was uh legit surprised to see that and they did it in comeback fashion too and they did it their way with five Kenneth Walker touchdowns so it was an impressive win although I kind of I'm with you like you have some bigger hills to climb than Michigan. 
uh, for uh, this season. But as as they beat the ones in front of them so far, um, let's go to these games, Nick. And what we do here is we pick likes and leans. And um, normally we just do it where I'll just go through and pick the likes and then we'll talk about the leans. But uh, we'll just go in order of appearance on television. And you can tell me if you think this game is a like or a lean. And the first one up is a Thursday night game. Georgia State at number 24, Louisiana. Louisiana is favored by 12. 53 and a half is the over. Uh, overwhelming money is on Louisiana uh, so far right now. Uh, 81% are taking the over as far as tickets go. Uh, Louisiana, you know, they win behind the rush, uh, the, behind their rush offense. 23rd in the country, 19th in scoring defense, too. Who do you like in this game? So I, I would lean to Louisiana. My projections have the Raging Cajuns is a, a little less than a 15-point favorite, um, but that's my main set of, of uh, power ratings projections. The others are a little uh, all over the place. I have one that looks at talent only. Uh, that one has it closer to a touchdown. Um, and then one that looks at just you know stats, statistical performance, uh, team performance. Uh, that one is... is more in line with with the official model, which has it as uh, over over two touchdowns. So not you know a, a huge lean one way or the other. Not a big edge in in any of those particular numbers. Um, you know my my rushing numbers actually give Louisiana a little bit uh, more credit for their performance. I have them as a top ten rushing uh, offense and team performance. Uh, both defenses, I think, are. Uh, you know, susceptible. So my projection is on the over again, not a, not a huge lean one way or the other, but uh, do see this as, as being a little more higher scoring uh, than what the odds makers in the market have it as uh, right now. Uh, So you, but you lean towards Louisiana. Uh, I, I, what is it like is is the less <laughs> no I lean, like lean is lean is less like oh, right, right. like yeah i guess i would lean i would lean louisiana but but i don't you know i don't love it uh i usually would would prefer to see a little bit more of a clear advantage but i i do think that uh they should be closer to a two touchdown favorite i i like louisiana in this game uh i would lean towards the over but uh i don't know Two really good rushing offense tends to lend towards the under uh, if they both get running. And you said their defense is suspect. So I th and, think and I'd lean towards the under. Uh, the way Billy Napier seems to to run his offense, if he gets a you know two score lead in the fourth quarter, they do slow it down and and just try to get out of there with a win. So that's certainly something to consider as well. All right, moving to the Saturday action, starting a half hour before all the other games. Army Air Force. Air Force is a two and a half point favorite. Thirty seven is the over here behind. The number one and number two rush offenses statistically, Air Force being number one, Army being number two, both these teams run the triple option, so it lends towards the under, Nick. Um, but uh, the number is Air Force by two and a half. Who do you like here? Yeah, I think the the under, Service Academy unders are, are in a lot of ways for a lot of people just kind of an automatic bet no matter, no matter what the number is. people over because this number's so low. 37 is one of the lowest numbers of the season for sure. Absolutely. And it's and it's lower than it's been in years past. I mean, I think most most years it opens in the in the low 40s to have it uh, open below 40 this year. Obviously, there's been, uh, you know, reason to do that. People are, are catching on. I still think under 37, there's probably uh, value there. Just looking at past 
Air Force Army games, the way these two teams, these programs know each other really, really well. I know Army's defense uh, and a lot of the, the measures that I look at, you know, pretty ugly statistically. But a lot of that had to do with the game last week against Wake Forest, completely different team, completely different style of offense. Uh, this is going to be very, very low scoring. And I think it's going to be a 2017 type game. Wouldn't surprise me at all. 17-14. I think Air Force is the better team, but I think the margin of error is so slim that I don't have a, a firm uh, you know, grasp one way or the other. Talent profiles are, are almost exactly the same. I think Air Force might have a couple of more explosive players. Uh, but Army's got, you know, a few as well. And and regardless, big plays are going to be few and far between, I think. So uh, I would lean the under. I know it is a really, really low number. In fact, my projections can't even get that low. So I'm officially <laughs> on on the over. But I just think that, that the under is is uh, the only the only play I would feel comfortable. It's funny that you mentioned that, uh, that they can't get to 37 because I don't think they can get up to 75, which is the over on the next game here. Number nine, Wake Forest at UNC, uh, North Carolina ranked uh, or favored by two and a half. 75, like I said before, is the over here. Just two explosive offense. Wake Forest fifth in scoring so far this year. 22nd for UNC. Um, you know, both Great passing teams, uh, suspect defense for North Carolina for sure, allowing 30 over 30 points per game. Uh, what do you think of this game, Nick? So I, I, I first have to say my numbers, I was a, a bit of an outlier in the preseason on North Carolina and it scared, you know, yeah, it really, really scared me. I was worried yeah. about it. We spent a lot of time talking about it on, on uh, the other show. Uh, but you know, fortunately it seems that, that we had North Carolina pegged pretty well. They were outside our top 25 and they basically haven't budged, uh, since then they're 28th right now in my power ratings. And, and that feels about right. They are certainly an explosive offense. Sam Howell, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Ty Chandler has been really good. Josh Downs has been one of the most exciting receivers in college football. The defensive numbers are not great. They rank 92nd in my defensive team performance ratings, but they have a much, much more talented roster, uh, you know, in, in most every talent metric that you would look at than Wake Forest. Wake Forest has been great. They are not a top 10 team in my estimation, but they have moved into the top 25 in my power ratings for a team with a, a talent profile, you know, outside the top 40. Uh, they're 46th in my roster strength projections and then 51st defensively, which doesn't, you know, set up well for uh, a game against such a high powered North Carolina offense. Uh, but, you know, they, they've played incredibly well. They played, uh, you know, top four in my offensive team performance numbers. Um, but I do just think that this is a game that North Carolina probably should win. The projection is a little closer than I'd like. I'm actually officially on Wake Forest to cover, uh, but I, I wish I was on North Carolina. Quite honestly, I think this is a game that they win uh, by, you know, maybe a, a touchdown or more. I, I just think that they are the more talented team. And I think I think they're in a good position here to uh, to knock off Wake Forest. This is a great test for Wake Forest here. And I, I do think they're going to turn into a pumpkin. Not sure if it's this week, though, just because North Carolina's defense has played so poorly. So I think I'd lean towards. Uh, Wake Forest a little bit in this game, but I definitely like the under 75. I think that number is just too big. Um, and, you know, look, uh, North Carolina 
five and three playing to the over three and five for Wake Forest playing to the over. So they are dead even eight and eight combined. Um, now, this next game is our biggest spread of nationally televised games this week. It's Georgia, a 38 point favorite. Fifty nine is the over at home against Missouri. Now, Missouri is oh and eight against the spread this year. It is uh, it's been a bad year for Missouri, to say the least here. Uh, Georgia, number one defense, obviously number one in scoring, allowing less than a touchdown a game, six point six or just over a touchdown, I guess. Uh, second in passing yards against uh, second in rush yards against their offense is pretty decent too, 14th in scoring. Missouri has offense. They has they have no defense. This looks like an easy Georgia in the over to me. Uh, what do you think of it? So I. I... I think Georgia has been absolutely incredible this year. Defensively, it's one of the best we've seen in this current era. I mean, the last decade or so, uh, they're right on track with you know Alabama at the very beginning of the decade as statistically in a lot of the ways that, that I look at things uh, among the best that we've seen during this period. I mean, they're number one in yards per play allowed, adjusted for garbage time and, and uh, FBS opponents only. Number one in points per drive, 0.32 points per drive in those situations. Oh. It's just incredible. Yards per pass, 5.1 against FBS opponents. Uh, EPA per play, expected points added. They are number one in the country. They're number two in success rate, but you know it's, <laughs> that's the only uh, non-number one in, in the big five uh, statistical categories that I play pay closest attention to they've been incredible on defense and they've been solid on offense i i am not a huge believer that stetson bennett is uh you know the quarterback you want if you're trying to win a national championship but he's been good and and his running ability has uh you know added something a little different that, that they've needed at times on offense especially with the receiving uh unit being as banged up as it's been all, all the year missouri is I mean, you mentioned the the defensive numbers. They're 121st in my defensive team performance numbers, 125th against the run. Uh, we know Georgia can run it. Yeah, they've got a yeah. deep and talented running back group. Uh, Missouri has some talent. You know, Tyler Beatty's been uh, coming off a, a huge, huge game uh, he's a great last player. week, but yeah. he's had a really good year. Uh, Missouri's also missing potentially their starting quarterback, Connor Bazelak who started the season really well, kind of slowed down a little bit in recent weeks, but he got banged up uh, in their game against Vanderbilt last week. It's questionable as to whether or not he will play. They've had injuries at receiver. They've had injuries on the defensive line. Um, but I just think 38 points is, is too <laughs> too many, quite honestly. Um, all three of my uh, projections fall well within that. I've got Georgia favored by less than 35 which is you know getting close but uh the talent numbers it's it's much much closer um and the, so the uh, first game missouri covers is against georgia nick i think so i i, I think too that's think a huge points, number that's i think enormous. it's just too many too many points okay. um and i'm not certain that missouri's you know going to be able to uh do any better offensively than you know other opponents georgia uh has faced this year but I, I just don't know that they're going to be able to, to score quite enough. I mean, 45-10 sounds about right to me. Uh, our projection is, is 44-10. Um, you know, that, that I think is within, well within the realm of possibility. I just think that I think 38 is, is just too much. I think Missouri finds a way to cover. It's a lot of points. It is yeah. a lot of points. Let's go over to Navy at Notre Dame. Notre Dame a 20-and-a-half point 
favorite here, ranked number 10. 47 and a half is the over. Um, uh, look, Navy's been covering recently, and they're five and three against the spread, as is Notre Dame. Uh, three and five playing to overs um, for Navy, five and three. So another eight and eight mix here, which, you know, the, the flat out numbers don't help us. Uh, seems like Notre Dame is the much more talented team, but Navy has been impressive over the last uh, month, I would say. And, you know, they've been covering. So what do you think of this game, Nick? Yeah, this is this is similar to uh, the Georgia Missouri game in in the way that my projections uh, see it. Notre Dame is a, a heavy favorite in all three models, projected to score or excuse me to cover in all three models. But I have far less confidence in this one because Navy is just so unique, so difficult in a lot of ways to model, especially mine. That uh, you know, talent metrics, talent numbers are are the first ingredient and the biggest. Uh, piece of the puzzle for me, and Navy just doesn't have that. They're one of the least talented rosters in the country on paper, but they do a great job of, uh, you know, neutralizing those talent disadvantages because of the style of football they played, and they've gotten better and better at that over the course of the year. Uh, early, early on, Navy was bad, but they've improved a lot uh, over the course of the season. And this is a game that Notre Dame probably should win by more than three touchdowns. It's just whether or not Navy can uh, bend Notre Dame, you know, to, to play their style of football. If they can right. steal a possession, they can limit Notre Dame's possessions. Which they've been doing, drives. but against they Notre Dame been. is a tough task. Yeah, It is, it is. And, and the last time these two teams played, Notre Dame, you know, blew them out. So it's, it's certainly, you know, they, they know Navy pretty well, even though they didn't play them last year, play them every other year. Um, so I, I think that there's a chance that Notre Dame gets there, but I just, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it. I, I think it's more likely that, you know, Navy uh, plays well, loses by 17, something in that range. Uh, but on paper, Notre Dame should win by, you know, <laughs> well over yeah. three touchdowns. I, I would say. Uh, I, I, I think so too. I think this is, uh, I, I think my favorite play is the under of that game just because that is how uh, good Navy's defense has been. And if they, if it tends, if it lends towards them at all, I think the under is the safest thing. So that's why, and if you're going to go the under, you probably take Navy too. So I guess I'm on Navy as well. Um, just talk myself straight through that one. Uh, Oklahoma ranked number 11, are three point road favorites at West Virginia. The overs 49 here, both these teams great against the spread six and two for OK state five and three for West Virginia. But they both play way more towards the under combined. They'd be five, ten, and one uh, playing towards unders this season. Uh, I, to me, Nick, this feels like uh, I don't know. Oklahoma State probably wins, but I love the under in this game just because these two teams play pretty solid defense. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I, I think I would tend to agree. Oklahoma State is, in a lot of ways, similar to Michigan State, similar to Iowa. Um, and you know, we've, we've seen Iowa kind of get exposed a little bit and that happened, you know, to Oklahoma state, they, they lost a couple of weeks ago. Um, but they're certainly capable of beating any team on the schedule, traveling as far as they have to travel to West Virginia, which is not an easy place to play, uh, in itself is, you know, a little bit tricky being a road favorite, even, you know, just three points, uh, I don't feel great about it. My projections don't have a big edge in I, you know, any of the the uh, numbers we look at. In fact, West Virginia 
has a, a the biggest edge is for West Virginia as far as talent goes, just because, uh, you know, the way I calculate things, experience, career production, things like that, it, it just sort of adds up, uh, you know, a few more points in, in West Virginia's categories. The other, you know, two models see Oklahoma State winning and covering, but not by uh, a very big margin. So I, I don't have a, a strong opinion on this game. I kind of wish our projection was on West Virginia as a home underdog, uh, but three points is, you know, not not uh, too difficult. If, if Oklahoma State can find a way to win, probably going to cover the three. So my projection has them winning by five. Not a not a ton of confidence in that. I do think Oklahoma State is the the better team, but it's a pretty difficult situation. A a really long road trip and a tough place to play, and yeah. a decent West Virginia team that is coming off a big win over Iowa State this week. And I think to get to West Virginia, you have to fly into Pittsburgh, then drive into West Virginia, go through the mountains, and get There's to the no state. easy way to get. Yeah, it, it's especially just, from Oklahoma. <laughs> it's really hard to travel to West Virginia for that reason. So that's why West Virginia has such great home field advantage. Um, number three, Michigan State, a three-point road favorite at Purdue. Uh, Fifty-four is the over here. Look, Michigan State, one of the best teams. We both said earlier in the show we think they're going to turn into a pumpkin eventually. I don't think it's to Purdue, but Purdue, they are some big game hunters. So, and they, uh, they're having a great year. So what do we think of this game, Nick? Yeah, I, I was really, really hoping when this line was first posted that it was going to be, you know, six, maybe even seven. So you go, but was, oh, it's easy Purdue. I'm not going to get the touchdown. Right, it, right, right. It was totally wishful thinking on, on my <laughs> part because it, there's, you know, Three is is the right number. I have Michigan State favored by a uh, little over three and a half. Um, you know, the, the talent number is very, very similar, but actually the stats model, because it, it uses the last uh, three years of, of weighted results, Purdue is actually favored to win that one outright by about a touchdown. So uh, if, if I had to choose one side or the other, I, I would rather be on Purdue quite honestly, to, to cover at home, maybe even win outright, even though my projections uh, give just, you know, percentage points uh, in favor of, of Michigan State winning and covering. Uh, I just don't, I, like I said at the, the beginning of the show, I, I, I think that Michigan State is going to lose a couple of times before the end of the season. This is a spot, you know, Purdue, like you mentioned, has some success in these spots, uh, could be it. Uh, especially coming off of, you know, people I'm sure are, are patting Michigan State players on the back all week uh, on campus after the big win, number three in the, uh, you know, playoff rankings. It, it sets up for a, a bit of a letdown spot, hangover effect, trap game, whatever you want to call it. So I wish I was on Purdue here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, I understand wanting to be on Purdue, but I, I'm taking Michigan State here. They're on a roll. And I don't think they're a team that is going to overlook Purdue because I think they've been overlooked in the past. Right. And I think Tucker has these guys concentrated and focused uh, and I'm, I'm excited about them, you know, tougher games later in the season, but I think they can beat Purdue uh, Baylor number 12 ranked Baylor six and a half point road favorite at TCU 58 and a half is the over here. This is my favorite nationally televised game of the, the week to pick. I think this is Baylor in a drubbing against TCU TCU won six and one against the spread this year. Patterson, their head coach, just left. Uh, there's a lot of talent in TCU, but I just think that the way that Baylor is playing right now, they seem like one of the better teams in the country. 16th ranked 
uh, offense in scoring, 21st ranked defense in scoring. One of the better teams in the Big 12 here, Nick. I like them going away in this one. So I can repeat a lot of the same things I said about Michigan State. Not that I think Baylor is is you know super overrated or anything, but I have a ton of respect for Dave Aranda, their head coach. Have uh, a ton of respect for the job that he's done turning around what was a really really tough year one and and making this a much much better team. Uh, didn't have to remake the roster quite like Tucker did at Michigan State. Was actually able to elevate a lot of the pieces that were there. Uh, at, you know TCU. One, I agree with you that on paper, Baylor looks like the better team, especially right now, the way that they've been playing, the way TCU's defense is just cratered this year. The one just sort of outlying factor and something that I you know, can't model, I'm not sure anyone out there can, TCU just let go Gary Patterson. Been there 21 years, uh, and, and it's always a little bit tricky to figure out how a team is going to respond to that. that. Yeah. This year we've seen Georgia Southern bounce back after its coach got fired in a big way. USC the next week uh, bounce back in a big way. You know, there uh, one just escaped my mind. I had it, I had it uh, there and, and lost it, but um, you know, we've, we've seen teams treat this and sometimes it's only for just one week, but a, Hey, let's go out, put our best performance together and win one, you know, for the guy that, that we just lost. But, you know, that that's just not something you can always count on. So I think TCU will uh, play well. Some of its best players have really been banged up. Quarterback Max Duggan, Zach Evans, five-star running back, Quentin Johnston, uh, you know, future NFL receiver. The defense has been bad, bad. And, and so, you know, my projections are on Baylor here by roughly the same amount uh, that the odds makers are. The other two models, the talent model and the stats model, actually lean toward TCU winning outright. So I think that there certainly is, you know, that is a possibility. I think it'll be a close game. I think TCU will play inspired, uh, but we are on on Baylor by just a, a very small margin. There. I was going to say, it sounds like, uh, you know, this is my favorite game and it's Nick's least favorite game of the week. Yes, because, because that's of one the, of them. Yep. The potential to bounce back. <laughs> this one's my least favorite here because I don't. At number 13 versus number 14, Auburn at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, 49-and-a-half. Uh, I think these numbers are so good, Nick. I think you give a little slight favor to the home team here. I think that number is about perfect. So this is a runaway game for me. What do you think? So I actually kind of like this one. Uh, okay. My numbers line up on Texas A&M to win and cover. Uh, four-and-a-half is a little bit tricky, I will admit, that my power ratings probably are a little too high on Texas A&M. They're number seven in, in my power ratings, and, and they haven't quite lived up to that level of play on the field, especially offensively. Uh, my The way I do things respects a lot of Texas A&M's offensive talent, guys like Isaiah Spiller, Devin A-Chain, Jaden Weidemeyer, and A.S. Smith. Uh, but they just haven't been, you know, explosive or super consistent offensively. They rank 61st in offensive team performance. The defense has been great, and Auburn is, you know, not as good on the road. Bo Nix historically has not been as good on the road as he's been at home, even though he's played really, really well recently. Uh, Auburn is is solid but not spectacular on both sides of the ball. Thirtieth in offensive team performance, twenty first on defense, top ten overall. So these teams are pretty evenly matched, uh, but the numbers fall and, and give a little bit of cushion to Texas A and M on 
on all three. And I also have seen, you know, just some other smart people I follow in the space who look at things analytically like I do uh, see a little value on, on Texas A&M as well. So yeah. of the ones we've talked about, I've got mo- you know, most confidence maybe on, on this one. I think Texas A&M wins by, uh, you know, a touchdown or more. Not a huge edge or margin of error, but I but I do feel a little bit better about this one than some of the ones we talked about. Hard for me to give AM credit. I mean, everyone I knows that as a Texas fan. By the way, Texas not on national TV. That's how bad they've been. Uh, so they're on FS1 this week. Uh, LSU at number two, Alabama. I couldn't believe this line. 28 and a half uh, in favor of Bama. They are at home. 66 is the over. Um, I think gun to my head, I pick Bama here. But I hate this giant number against LSU. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, I think I think it's just too big of a number. And LSU is super unpredictable. Another situation where the coach has been fired. You don't know if they're going to mail it in. Have had a ton of injuries, uh, but they've also shown the ability to bounce back. I mean, knocked off Florida earlier this year. Uh, came back you know, and and played hard at the end against Ole Miss when that game uh, had been decided. So it doesn't seem like LSU has quit on Ed Ogeron, but I just, you know, talent-wise or, or uh, what's available because of injuries right now is just not, uh, not able to compete with Alabama. So this is a game that Alabama should win comfortably. Uh, but 28 and a half, again, is, is just a lot of, of points yeah. in a, in a game a where... Line you know, you're playing a, a team that's got a lot of blue chip talent uh, like LSU. So uh, all three of my projections keep it within uh, the 28 and a half. Officially, uh, my projected point spread is is uh, 24.8. Um, you know, that can can go a lot of ways with a special team score, defensive, uh, you know, big play on defense, short field, what have you. Uh, so not a not a huge edge there, but the other two models have it within uh, three touchdowns. So feel a little bit better about that. There's obviously plenty of opportunity for Alabama to to blow them out, but I think LSU is going to keep it respectable or or at least uh, you know be able to cover here. Yeah, it's going to be. It, it, I mean, it's that's always a classic matchup. But twenty eight and a half, I just didn't think I'd see that number. Uh, number four, Oregon is a seven point road favorite at Washington. 51's the over here. Um, uh, Oregon terrible against the spread this year, two and six, but this feels like a number that they can cover. Washington has been bad, particularly on offense, 104th in scoring 72nd passing a hundredth and rushing. They just can't put it together. Great defensively, uh, 17th first against the pass and 97th against the rush. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. This feels like an Oregon drubbing because Washington just doesn't seem to have it on offense, particularly this year. Yeah. And in, in my projections, Washington's probably the team that we've got, been the most wrong about from a, a full season perspective. So keep keeping that in mind, we do <laughs> project Washington to cover here. I mean, it's a rivalry okay. game. It's in Seattle. Uh, Washington still does play good defense uh, and, you know, especially against the pass. And Oregon, as you mentioned, just hasn't quite, you know, been uh, as impressive as as you might expect, given their rankings, given the win over Ohio State. So I think it'll be close. I see multiple paths to Washington uh, covering, but I, I 
do agree that you know Washington has been incredibly disappointing this year, and so it's it's really difficult to trust them. Uh, but I would lean toward Washington uh, losing losing close here, uh, and Oregon just maybe not quite being able to pull away. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite with you. I think that it's a good rushing team versus. Uh, you know, Washington's good against the pass. They're not so great against the run. Sure. I just think that's the matchup to watch for in this game. So I like Oregon sure. uh, going away. Uh, Indiana at number seven, Michigan, a 20 point favorite here for Michigan. 50 and a half is the over Indiana miserable against the spread this year. Two and six. Michigan is six and two. Uh, this seems like a good team versus a beat up team that has not been so great. Nick uh, looks like an easy Michigan win here. Yeah, it does. And I see. I mean, literally no edge. My projection is Michigan to win by 20. Uh, you know, Indiana's playing likely a, a third stringer at quarterback for the second yeah. straight week. Uh, Stephen Carr at running back is bounced back, uh, you know, had a had a solid game last week. Uh, but Michigan is much better uh, against the run than Maryland was. Maryland's triple digits in uh, rushing team performance on defense. Michigan's top 15. So uh, don't think that Indiana is really going to be able to move the ball. I think Michigan is, you know, obviously going to be super motivated, wanting to come back, make a statement after losing last week. Uh, don't know that I trust them to, to cover three touchdowns in a, you know, conference game, uh, but 20 seems like the right number, and it's it's what uh, my model projects. And uh, the last game we have up here, USC at Arizona State. Arizona State's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. This line just confuses me. Both these teams terrible against the spread, though. Three and five for USC, three and five for ASU. Um, they're eight and eight combined playing to over-unders. This is a bit of a runaway game for me because I just don't know which Arizona State team is going to come out. USC keeps flipping back and forth between their quarterbacks. Uh, I think USC is probably the more talented team here, but ASU has been playing better. Uh, overall. So uh, I think I would lean towards ASU, but I don't like this game at all. What do you think here, Nick? I agree. I can't trust yeah. either team. Um, both have been disappointing compared to where I projected them preseason. Uh, Arizona State, especially I, on the flip side of, of how we kind of got North Carolina right. Arizona State was one we were a little too high on uh, compared to a lot of other folks out there. And, and they've really disappointed, especially the last two games. And and I, I can't really trust either team right now. You said, you know, don't know which one's going to show up. I think I actually uh, might like the under in, in this one. Call. If I yeah. were to, if I were to, to pick one side or the, you know, or, you know, have to make a play on, on this one, I, I think I would lean toward the under. Eight and a half seems like a lot of points, uh, but I can't really trust USC to, you know, put together a, a full game. So uh, I agree with you. I'd probably stay away with it on that side, but I, I think I like the under, uh, if anything. Well, those are all the nationally televised games. So uh, good luck in all your bets. I want to thank Nick again for stopping by with us. Please check out uh, him on Twitter at CFP Winning Edge and his Patreon, uh, CFP Winning Edge, patreon.com slash CFP Winning Edge. If you are looking for that, I'm telling you, best depth charts you have seen anywhere on the internet. He does injury reports. It's one of the first stops I make when I'm looking at all my stuff for the week and writing my article for bettingpros.com. And please check out betting pros. Of course, uh, you know, uh, bringing you this podcast right now, there is a wealth of information over there. You can click on a matchup. You can see the number at every single book. Uh, there's articles by all the great writers. 
There's this video. There's uh, news updates. There's all kinds of great stuff over betting pros for every sport, not just college football. It is an aggregator for everything betting. So please check it out if you guys would. Uh, Joe will be back next week. So we will see you guys then. Good luck. And we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. We'll be right back. 